0: Detroit-style pizza, hot dogs with too much chili, and hot fudge cream puffs. This week, we're in Detroit with master storyteller and writer, Shannon Kaysen.
1: Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences, this is the Destination Eat
0: Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Destination, Eat, Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week, we explore the cuisine of a different place from this little blue marble, and this time, Detroit, Michigan, place famous for the Motown sound, cars, and great food, too. But before we talk Detroit... Let me ask that you subscribe to the podcast. It's easy. And when you do, you'll get every episode delivered to your eardrums automatically each Friday. We're on all the podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we just recently got added to iHeartRadio. My guest this week is Shannon Kaysen. Shannon is a writer and one of my all-time favorite storytellers. He's been on popular podcasts like The Moth and Snap Judgment. And Shannon is also busy with his own podcast, Shannon Kaysen's Homemade Stories, his podcast In Good Company, and The Trouble. Shannon's from Detroit, and he moved back there from Chicago about five years ago. Shannon's a big booster of Detroit City, and he's a great person to talk to about Detroit and its cuisine. We talk about one of my favorite kinds of pizza, Detroit-style pizza, Detroit's famous Coney Dog's, And all the other influences in Detroit, like Polish, soul food, Middle Eastern, all that stuff that combines to make Detroit a great place to eat. Plus, Shannon tells me a hilarious story about the absolute worst place to get a restaurant recommendation. Destination, eat, drink. Jen, and thanks for being on the podcast. You know, when I first connected with you and asked you to be on the podcast, you were kind enough to agree, but you said, let's uh, wait until I get back from my road trip. And I thought, cool, road trip, that's a couple of days. But you were actually on the road for weeks. Tell me about this latest road trip that you just got back from.
1: Yeah, I took, I took a couple of weeks to do my... Uh my road trip to nowhere in particular. That's what I called it. And <laughs> okay. uh, and I just rented the car. Well, I just turned recently turned 45. And with my wife I, I, and family, I asked them if I can just have time for my birthday. You know, I, I don't need any more equipment. I don't need any, you know, what they can, what they can. <laughs> Cakes, I really don't need that. So I just was like, let me get some time. And I just rented the car and... Took it on the road and ended up wherever I ended up, and it took took a couple of weeks to do that. Yep, kept extending actually, kept extending the car rental just to kind of spend more days out on the road. So where did you end up? A uh, number of places. So I live in Detroit. I'm from Detroit, um, and I'm, I went to through Toledo, uh, went through Indianapolis to to St. Louis. I figure you got to take a picture of the arcs if you go going to arc that, that the big arc if you're going west you know sure, so, sure. so I went, stopped in, in St. Louis, Memphis uh, Dallas Oklahoma City Albuquerque, Phoenix San Diego LA, Vegas, Salt Lake City Denver and back through um, St. Louis and Indianapolis and all home
0: so you really did hit everything between Detroit and the West Coast. How many miles did you put on this um, this rental car?
1: <laughs> well, I, it's funny because I was going to get like, you know how you signing up for the rentals and they had the compact prices and I was like, uh, I usually, I'm just like a I don't care type of dude. So I was like, I'm going to take this compact because it's the lowest price. But when I went in there, they gave me a... Um, you know, they're gonna to try to upgrade you. So they was like, hey, we got a bigger one right here, the four flex. And I was like, well, how much extra? You know, and he was like, $15 a day. I'm like, no, nah, I just stay with the one I've got. And he was like $10. And when he said $10, I knew he'll negotiate with me. <laughs> so I said, I said five. And he said seven. And I was like, yeah, I take seven. You know, so I had the four flex for, but it, I thought about it. If if he would have just been like no, and I had that compact car, I would have been in pain for that whole trip because I slept in the car and everything. Sometimes you know I slept at hotels, nice hotels, some some uh, crap hotels, but. But all together, I traveled uh, 6,100 miles. It was 6,100 all together.
0: It's like when you do the road trips and you've got that small car, it sounds like you're the same way as me. It's like your back starts hurting. Exactly. Your legs start hurting. Your neck gets sore. You get tired. (laughs) And when I was preparing for this um, interview, I was thinking to myself, well, what do I like to do on road trips? Like what kind of food do I – and I think – When I'm on a road trip, when I'm when I'm just driving, for me, I eat the worst food. It's like usually I'll get um, a a can of uh, Monster, you know, high caffeine Mm -hmm. Monster soda and Pringles potato chips. You know, I never eat that stuff, but that will I can be like, okay, 300 miles, no problem. I got my Pringles, I got my Monster. I'm you know in the zone. (laughs) What do What do you like to eat when you're road tripping? You, you know what? I'm in the
1: same boat. I know on the road you can eat a bunch of crap. And it's easy because you're stopping at gas stations and rest stops. And that's pretty much the availability. Being that I was on this trip and I kind of um, had as much time or as much, you know, I can do whatever I wanted to do. And I'm trying to get a little healthier and lose a little weight from from gaining so much over the past few months. I um I didn't do much fast food or or um uh, gas station food and I did it purposely because I wanted to have good meals wherever I stopped. So but the one thing that I did notice that when I stopped in different areas, I didn't want to eat much it was all meat. So it was like heavy meat eating because I wanted to taste like the meat in other areas. I didn't want to stop in the area and get a salad or anything like that. You know, I wanted to take like, if I'm in Texas, I want I want a steak. (laughs) If I'm in Kansas city, I want some barbecue. You know, if I'm in certain areas, I wanted to, when I got to LA, I did get a few salads, but, uh, but, but, (laughs) but all in all, I was, uh, I was eating a lot of meat. So when I got home, I immediately wanted some salads and, you know, to fill in on vegetables. But uh, but on the road, I I had a lot of steaks and a lot of ribs and and, – but not much fast food, not much fast food. So I commend myself on on kind of sticking to that because I just didn't want to come home 10 pounds heavier because I was in the car
0: the whole time too. Right, right. You're not really exercising. Uh, And any places that stood out to you that were especially good? That you had along the way, you said you had some barbecue in Kansas City, some steaks in Texas. Anything that stood out that you thought, "Wow, that's a place, man!" If I ever roll through here again, I have to stop here. You know,
1: like in Austin, I didn't go to Austin this time, but I love this barbecue place in Austin, Franklin's.
0: Um, Franklin's. I lived in. I lived in Austin for a couple of years. I know Franklin's definitely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well known. Yeah, well known. I think they even got a master class on making barbecue. But at the same time. When I was in Dallas, um, I didn't get barbecue. I stopped at this place called Cooper's. It was like a little steakhouse. I I wanted to steak. And and I didn't want to go to a white tablecloth place, so I was looking on Yelp, kind of just trying to find a place to go that was close by where I was. And I found this place called, I think it was called Cooper's. And I went there, and it was just like the perfect spot. It was the perfect place that I needed at that time. And I had a steak and the people were nice and people came in and, and got seated during that time. And I met other people, you know, people, we, we I was talking about the road trip to the other people who were there. And it was just a great experience because it was like everybody was cool who was sitting around each other and we was all enjoying a big, a big steak and, and, and and a few pieces of uh, asparagus, you know, however they <laughs> serve it. And it, and it was, uh, it was good. It was one of them places where you kind of walk in and they got the butcher, um, the little butcher window or whatever. And you pick your steak and, and they bring it to your, um, bring it to your, uh, seat. And I loved it. I loved it. So that was, that was a standout. I went to some, some places I didn't like too. you know, I, I was in Kansas city. No, was I, in, yeah, I was in Kansas city in the, um, uh, somebody pointed me to a barbecue restaurant, I don't want to, you know, disparage anybody or anybody's business, but they pointed me to a barbecue restaurant, it was just way too salty, it was too salty, you know, it was like, they over-seasoned it, and then the uh, barbecue sauce was too salty too, because I like the, I want to taste the meat, you know, I don't want to taste the seasoning so much, I wanted it to be seasoned, but I want you know, I still want to taste the meat, not so much the salt.
0: My mom's family is from Kansas City, and I still have an aunt and an uncle and some cousins out there. So, Shannon, next time you go to Kansas City, uh, drop me an email or a text, and I'll I'll tell you the right place to go. <laughs> not too salty. Yeah,
1: let me know. So, let me know. I found out about that one from. Uh, is this a is this a, a family podcast, or can we just?
0: <laughs> hey, whatever you need to say, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I went to a strip club in Kansas City. I asked the stripper. I said, where, where can I get some good barbecue?" She said, uh,
0: All right, Chad, and there's your said, first, go to this place. <laughs> there's your first mistake. asking strippers for um, barbecue recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like that wasn't the right one. So you can hear that I had some good times on this trip, right?
0: <laughs> so you put you put 6100 miles um, on the car. That's a lot of solo time in the car. I guess the good part is you get to pick the radio station or li- whatever you want to listen to. That's always the, the fight in the road trip, who gets to pick the radio. Exactly. But, uh, gives you a lot of time for self-reflection. You're on this 45th birthday, so that tends to lend itself to self-reflection. Any kind of self-discovery that you came when you pulled into the driveway at the end of these uh, weeks of being on the road? yeah so
1: many so many and that was that was that was a big part of the whole decision to go is just to kind of take time you know you had a halfway point in the sense of life and um just kind of looking at it and saying you know what is the road ahead hold and 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 what um what control do i have if any over the rest of it so <laughs> so, so 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 in my mind i um I did a lot of reflection time. I tell you the best reflection time. I, I I left off one place and I don't know why I always leave off that place because it was the most it was the most surreal place and it was the most um reflective place. I went to the Grand Canyon mm. and sitting at the Grand Canyon and I somebody sent me some Cuban cigars, which was nice. You know, as you sent them you know, somebody a gift Cuban cigars is a nice gift, and they sent sent me some Cuban cigars, and I saved one, and I smoke smoke my cigar with my legs hanging over the edge of uh of the Grand Canyon, because the Grand Canyon, I mean, everything isn't like closed off to where you can't, you know, you got to use common sense at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, you 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 can go play around if you want to, but use common sense because it's – is deaths every year but uh uh sat out with my legs hanging over the side of the grand canyon smoked my cigar and um it had so many reflective times during the time so when i got back you know just knowing that what i was first called to do the the mission hasn't changed you know so so some of the things that um that I love doing and that I feel purpose to do far as giving my writing and storytelling. And that hasn't changed. So a lot of times, um, this is the, 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 you know, life and business and opportunity and all these things can be presented and you can go in a different direction from the initial purpose, but just knowing that that purpose hasn't changed, uh, for me, is important. So I'm planning on, on, um, on doing a lot more writing over the course of this year. Um, and that's one of the biggest, the big, it was a lot of other smaller revelations on health and all those kind of things. But, uh, but the biggest was, um, getting back into my writing and starting to write books and screenplays and all those things that i had initially started out to do
0: oh well, that's good it's a it's a whole reset and now would be now's a good time to do it i know i've been doing a ton of writing uh during this uh during this plague that's good now uh shannon you're you're a detroit guy you're from detroit originally you grew up in detroit let's talk about yeah, yeah, born, detroit. And born and raised um Tell me, what were some, when you were growing up in Detroit, what were some of your favorite meals growing up? What was it like in your house? Who was doing the cooking? You know, things like that.
1: You know, growing up, um, we moved in with my grandmother at a young age for me, you know, and it was it was me, my grandma, and my mom, and my sister, and my aunt. We all lived in the house. And my grandmother and my mom pretty much handled the cooking, and foods that we would eat my mom would make meals, and this is uh, this is this is this is cultural, I suppose. But it, but my mom would make meals like when growing up. You never knew that you we weren't poor in a sense, but I mean we weren't like lavish with a bunch of money either. But at the same time, like some of the meals that we would have, then when I think back on them, I'm like these are meals that you kind of, like, make it through with, but I would love them. So my mom would cook meals like uh, potatoes and onions, and that's a meal, like potatoes and onions.
0: Right, right. And
1: then she'll cook, like, uh, 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 rice and tomatoes, and that's a meal, like a big pot of rice and tomatoes, you know, and I love it. And then they would make soups, like all kinds of different stews and soups, and I make those now, like – my my family they don't like my soups as much, but I, I make those <laughs> now just because I remember these soups that my mom would make with beans and and different vegetables and and you know and always it would have some like a um, either some stewed meat or or some kind of meat in it you know and and those those really stand out for me. And my grandmother would cook the big bigger dinners like Thanksgiving and those things and and always after Thanksgiving was my favorite like i wasn't hungry on thanksgiving because you smell food all day long but i remember uh after thanksgiving she would make a turkey soup like from the the stock of the soup uh, turkey and then the leftover turkey and she would make a soup out of that and that was like one of my favorite favorite meals if she had that soup um well, so all the, all those different things i mean we loved our chicken and, and steaks and ribs and all that kind of thing but we didn't we didn't barbecue much. But we. Um, I was a single mom. We went out to eat a lot too. We would always go out to eat. She worked at Ford and we would always, you know, she'd get home from work. She don't feel like cooking. So we would always go out to eat uh, Denny's or <laughs> all these other little restaurants. We would go out to eat a lot too.
0: You know, I think one of the one of the rites of passage as a, as a young person is when you finally get that first whiff of independence and you're hanging out with your friends and you get to go to a place and Maybe you get some food together and, you know, you're hanging out and you're doing who knows what as a, as a young person. But um, I always remember those times, you know, there was a place in, in my town that we used to go to and we'd get something called the French dip, which was basically a, a piece of day old French bread dipped in the juice uh, for 12 <laughs> cents. Um, do you have any memories of places like that where you used to hang out with your friends, places you'd go and, and get stuff to eat?
1: Yeah, like downtown, you go get your, uh, go to, go to Lafayette's Coney Island and we, we big on Coney dogs out here. So it's like a hot dog with so much, uh, uh, the, the chili, you know, like a little chili that they put over over it, but they put so much that it's kind of like, it's hard to pick up the hot dog. You know, it's (laughs) like, (laughs) you never go pick up the hot dog and have all the chili in the hot dog, you know? So we would, uh. We would get those all the time if you're downtown, and that's a Detroit, Detroit classic. Everybody I know a Detroit Coney Dogs, and then um, um, Detroit style pizza, uh, which I didn't even know really Detroit style. You get what I'm saying? Like I didn't, yeah, yeah. We didn't, I didn't call it like, hey, give me a Detroit style pizza. We just I knew square pizzas, you know, square square pieces of pizza with the um, the caramelized on the sides, where it's kind of uh, Baked and and it's good, and you want the end pieces, you know. So, that's as I got older, found out that was a style of pizza that we have here in Detroit. So, Buddy's was we still go to Buddy's Pizza all the time, and that's like one of the popular the most famous place for Detroit
0: style pizza, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. When we go there all the time, but growing up, like I didn't think of you know, you don't think of like cause you a young person or you just, you in, you live in the thing. You don't think of it as a style of thing, you know, until you go to other areas and see New York style, Chicago style. And a friend of mine actually from, um, from Gainesville, he came out to Detroit. He's a pizza. He's a uh, pizza owner in Gainesville, Florida, and he had came out to Detroit just to study like our pizza. He had did that, like I, I visited with him once when I was in Florida, and he had done that like worldwide, going around and tasted different people's pizza. Cause he really, I mean, he's a real pizza lover, you know. And he came to Detroit and loved our style of pizza, and actually opened his uh, opened a pizzeria in Gainesville. Or or some of the one of the surrounding areas called uh his, his, the name of his place is called Satchis Satchis Pizza in, in in Gainesville Florida and it's like one of the popular places in Gainesville lying around the building but he opened another one called Satchis Square inspired from Detroit style pizza and I, I got to go out to Gainesville and and taste it one day soon you know so. So I guess our pizza is a thing.
0: Yeah, Detroit style is is a big thing now. Like when we lived in Austin, there's a place called Via 313, and they, they've they got four, five, six locations now. I remember when they started as a food truck, but uh, they do a really, really good version of Detroit style pizza, and that's in – Austin, Texas. Any other great uh, Detroit-style pizza places besides Buddy's that you like to go to in Detroit?
1: You're talking about Detroit-style pizza? Yeah, I...
0: Detroit-style pizza in Detroit.
1: You know what? Buddy's never went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why and change? if it ain't broke, yeah, we. Uh, I don't fix it. So, so the, the, uh, it's the only one I ever noticed that I'm really excited about whenever we got Buddy's Pizza. So so and my mom – my sister, my kids, you know, uh uh my wife, we still in and, and they're in they implant you know, they they come to Detroit. My wife is from uh, San Diego and Chicago, so she she don't know nothing about buddies, but that's what she'll have a taste for. You know, if we went getting pizza that's that we want to go to a store and buy, you know, or a restaurant to buy, uh, buddies is what we want. Yeah. It is
0: so good. It is so good. If if there was like one Quintessential Detroit dish? Would it be Detroit style pizza, or is there something else that you'd say when you go to Detroit? This is what you have to get. Detroit has
1: um, so many different influences, you know. Um, from from you know, families coming moving up from the south. Like my family moved up from the south, probably for the plants right, and things. Right. My father's he's from um, he's from Georgia, and my mother, her family's from Alabama. And when they came north you know they probably came for better opportunities uh with the plants and those things so a lot of influences from southern food as far as my family specifically you know and a lot of other families in in detroit and then um um so you got a lot you got your share soul food restaurants out here you know uh motor city soul um other places just springing up all the time and then um other influences in the city from all over uh, um, 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 Hamtramck I think has a strong Polish uh, uh, Polish influence so we got what they call it, punch, The I don't know do you, y'all have those out there? Yeah, yeah the donuts I guess okay. everywhere would have them where they had those donuts little donuts so we so had good. Punchki days and yeah 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 my mother would always get you know a dozen of those if it was during that time so so that we would always have that in the house and in um um other influences like a uh, strong 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 arab influence i suppose uh, a lot of other restaurants around the area uh, lamb chops real big and the different restaurants the the middle eastern influence um um is strong in detroit different areas dearborn and right and, right in um, dearborn in other areas but uh but it's so so for me it's like the a person will point to the coney dog and they will point to detroit style pizza and and those are the things I would point to like the specifically Detroit, but the other things you know they can kind of run around the gamut, but at the same time, it's just like a lot of cultural influences in Detroit from different areas the middle Eastern culture, Polish culture, and then the um um the african American experience and Detroit is eighty percent black city, you know so so um uh the african American influence on the city is gonna be huge, you know.
0: One of my favorite places in Detroit, well, I guess you got to say Michigan now because they have one up on uh, Mackinac Island, is um, Sanders and for their ice cream. And they have something that I adore called the Hot Fudge Cream Puff. Um, have you had this thing at uh, at Sanders?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a normal too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely a Detroit thing, uh, uh, a cream puff. Yeah, yeah, my grandmother would love those. and And we went to... Growing up, we went to you know original Sanders stores. We had a Sanders uh, in Down River. We had a few of them in Downriver, um, and that's where my grandmother would take us all the time to get you, you get your shakes. You get your when you think of it, you think of the the quintessential you know ice cream shop, uh, American ice cream shop. You know where you had ice cream, you have the fudge, you have. Caramel. You have all these different cakes. The bumpy cake. It's a chocolate bumpy cake. That's I used. To, I still love. I can't eat them as much because <laughs> If I eat it, I then broke that seal and I gotta keep eating it. You know. But what, what, uh, what
0: is Shannon? What is the bumpy cake? I, I don't think I'm familiar with that.
1: It's like a uh, chocolate cake, but it's 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 like a cream filling inside of the chocolate. So it's like a bump of cream. Like white oh. cream filling, nice, and it is bumped all over the cake. And usually it's a square cake. You know they can make them a round cake too, but usually I, I remember the square cakes, and it was just like a bump of of that in every you know in every section. So they call it a bumpy cake. And um, um, but it's chocolate, that cream, and then a layer of chocolate over the. Over the top of it, and um, I would I would love that. That was still one of my favorites. I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, you know? me
0: too. And I've never had it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was Big Boy everywhere? Was Big Boy is Big Boy like national? Because we would always go to Big Boys too, like Sanders, Big Boys, all these like these 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 American. Just when you think of uh, regular city America, Sanders ice cream shop, Big Boy little restaurant um, sell hamburgers and, and different kind of, different kind of cakes. So we, we would always go to those types of places. But Sanders was, a my grandmother. When I think of Sanders, I think of my grandmother. I think of her putting fudge on ice cream. Mm. I think of, you know, um, sitting at those little, I mean, not booth, but that bar seat with the little, uh, seat that, Spins around, you know, spinning around in that seat, and your grandma saying, "Stop,
0: stop, stop spinning around! Well. <laughs> You're making me dizzy." Stop spinning around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then those uh things that they make the shakes with—they put it into that into that machine and make you shake and pour it in from the metal cups. You know, it makes me think of those that kind of place.
0: You knew it was going to be a good day if you if you if you had a shake if you were going to get a shake that day. You knew it was going to be good.
1: Ah, man, it meant meant life was good. Life was good all around. (laughs) No doubt about it.
0: So we lived in, my family, we lived in Birmingham outside of Detroit when I was little. And I remember my father talking about, in the early 70s, talking about, you know, the Detroit, the coming Detroit Renaissance. You know, Detroit kind of been beaten down, this coming Detroit Renaissance. And then my brother, my youngest brother, he went to University of Michigan in the early 90s and, you know. When I'd go to visit him, I'd hear people talking about the Detroit Renaissance and never really came. Now we're hearing about the Detroit Renaissance again in the last few years. And I think now it seems to me, as an outsider, that this is really starting to take a foothold with a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of artist zones, and things like that. What's Shannon? What's your perception of the Detroit Renaissance as someone who was born and bred there? Detroit
1: had a lot of false starts in a sense um the the detroit my father knew growing up i mean he was born in the 40s so the detroit he knew he was born in the south and came here when he was a teenager and and lived throughout the 50s and 60s 70s 80s till now you know um the detroit he knew he would tell me about was a booming city, like with so much going on, like, and you can see it in the architecture. When you look around the city, the buildings, beautiful, the houses in, in different neighborhoods, just the details on the houses, the, um, and all these, all these things that you can see remnants of. And when I grew up, you know, I was born in the seventies. So in the eighties and nineties, I saw a downturn in Detroit. So all I knew was the, right. the downturn of Detroit. He would say, he would say that it started after the 67 riots and, and uh white flight from the city and, right. then, you know, um, businesses not opening in the city. They were open on the outskirts in the suburbs because of that time in, in America and in Detroit and, in, in a lot of different places, you know, where, the segregation was over, but it was still practiced (laughs) (laughs) economically, you know? So in, in Detroit, all I knew was uh, a boarded buildings in the downtown area, like the downtown, the city you go down, we would go downtown me and my friends and we would be boarded up buildings lying from the, from the water all the way down, you know, just boarded up different buildings, border. I mean, you got some businesses in there, but so when we would have false start, say, um, I remember borders bookstore came downtown and that was like a big deal. We was like, Oh man, borders bookstore. Look at this. We got borders, you know? So we're thinking like it's a, it could be a turnaround and then borders without a, in borders without a business or, you know, we'll get a mayor that we excited about. we like, Oh man, they go then corruption or some kind of, you know, some kind of scandal will happen, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's that's not gonna happen. But I moved back here in two thousand fifteen. I had been in Chicago for about ten years. And Chicago was a wonderful place for me as an artist, as a storyteller. Um, so it was a great place to kinda you know, give my give my get my skills up. And then when I moved back to Detroit, Detroit was in the state of its renaissance. It was businesses coming into the city. Um, and staying and in, 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 being, uh, sustainable in the city. And now when you go down Woodward Avenue, it's businesses everywhere. You have, um, um, big tech companies coming to the city to, to, to set up a shop or set up a headquarters here. You have, um, um, innovation and, and entrepreneurship happening within the city different businesses being started in the city, national and worldwide businesses being started in the city and staying in Detroit, which is, um, which is amazing. Those beautiful architecture that I was talking about, the buildings and the houses are being, uh, rehabbed and refurbished. Now there's still a lot of ways to go in neighborhoods and in historic neighborhoods and in different areas, but there are pockets of, of a lot of development and a lot of money coming through Detroit. So, Uh, It was a great time for me to move back in 2015 because I got started working with a lot of different organizations and foundations in Detroit, telling the stories of Detroiters and and Detroit entrepreneurs. And the most recent project I've been working on is um, telling entrepreneur stories through In Good Company Detroit, which is a a podcast um, that we're talking about Detroit's entrepreneur stories, you know, the stories of where people came from and what got them to where they are today with their business.
0: And uh, we'll have links to all of your podcasts in the show notes. If people want to go to radiomisfits.com, they can uh, they can get links to all that stuff. You're busy with the podcast. I mean, you've got three of them um, that that I'm aware of, plus you appear on you know stuff like The Moth and all these other places. So you're extraordinarily busy right now, but do you ever find – time to check out some of these new places and i'm especially interested in you talk about entrepreneurship and some of these new places that are opening any exciting new restaurants that have opened up in the couple of years since you've been back in detroit that you especially enjoy you know is one
1: place that i always like it's like my treat <laughs> if i like say i've been eating good and i've been i've been enjoying you know i've been doing good work and i, I want to just treat myself it's a place called ema like IMA okay it's hard to explain i don't i don't know exactly what style of restaurant i might probably guess you would call it a noodle restaurant maybe a noodle or or one of the uh, – but it would be, they have rice meals they have noodle meals um and then they have i think some other type of meals but but i would get this it's called golden i think it's called golden um forgot what it's called, but it's, I know a golden when I see it, you know, I say, oh, I want that one, the golden, whatever it is, but it would be rice, ginger, like some thinly sliced ginger, whatever meat I want, I usually get the chicken, then it would have like a curry sauce that they put over it. Oh man, it's just, it's just good. And then some other stuff, it was like a collection of foods that you don't necessarily think all go together, but when you mix it all together, it just tastes it just has a distinct taste. And then that ginger really sets it off. Cause I love to taste the ginger. So that like the ginger really, really set it off. And, and I'm thinking of that right now as I'm, as I'm talking to you, but my wife knows like, that's one of the places I'd be like, uh, I'm going to give me some ema Cause it's just one of those, um, uh, one of those things to treat myself
0: and that might have to be tonight shannon um <laughs> from, the sound, from the sounds of it i say you're you sound pretty excited about it um no nah,
1: that is it's really good it's really good but then there's so many different restaurants that's opening up in the city like all over it's like it's like so many restaurants but um but given during this time you know a lot of them are having a tough time but but um but it was a. It's been a lot of restaurants, great chefs in in Detroit, who um who started new new stores and
0: new new restaurants. Anything else you've got on the horizon coming up for you, Shannon?
1: Yeah, I'm always telling stories. So storytelling is my is my thing and my my um what I always stick with. So I, I've been doing homemade stories, which is my original podcast. I've been doing that for over ten years now. So homemade stories is where I kind of. It's just like a playpen for me to tell any stories I want to tell. And then in, in Good Company is more um, uh, entrepreneur stories in Detroit. And I still do a lot of features with um, different storytelling outlets like The Moth and Snap Judgment and, and others. And I, I look to continue that as well. So, But right now I'm really focused on writing. So a lot of that is going to be solitary time for me um, writing books and screenplays over the next few few months and years.
0: Shannon, it's been great talking to you. Um, You're one of my favorite storytellers. And like I said, we'll have links to all your podcasts because- That means a lot. (laughs) You just have a way of telling stories that is incredibly engaging. And thanks again for being on uh, the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me too. I appreciate it.
0: It really has been such a long time since I've been to Detroit. i got to get back there and hang with Shannon and see what's going on. You can get links to all the places Shannon talked about on this podcast, as well as all his stuff, including his podcast, in the show notes. Just go to radiomisfits.com and go to Destination Eat Drink. Well, that'll put a bow on this week's episode. Until next week, check out com. my new blog post, is about how a famous Russian Bolshevik came to live and die in Mexico City, plus a great nearby restaurant in his charming Mexico City neighborhood. Read all about that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thank you, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Wear your effing mask, and I'll see you Down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits
1: Podcast Network.